Welcome to another edition of The List, a Write Fiction podcast. We've got a really great show for you all today about our favorite cocktail party albums. Before we get started, if you love the pod, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your listening app. It helps us reach new listeners like you. Also, be sure to check out our companion Spotify playlist with all our picks that we mentioned in the pod. The link is in the show details. Also, one more thing to note, next week, be on the lookout for an episode on our favorite Christmas albums. So over the next week, start thinking about yours so you'll be ready to compare it to our picks. Okay, here we go. Before COVID happened, this would be the time of year when folks would have friends and family over for parties where they'd have out little bites to eat like pigs in a blanket or some cheese and crackers. Everyone would be dressed all snazzy. There would be smarty pants conversations happening everywhere. And of course, there will be fancy cocktails. This scene, ladies and gentlemen, is what is called a cocktail party. However, I didn't mention probably the most important part of the cocktail party is the music wafting through the air, filling all the dead spots in the conversations, and just generally setting the mood for the entire shindig. It is that important and can really make or break the vibe at a cocktail party. Fortunately for everyone out there, the guys and I are here to the rescue, because on today's show, we'll give you our favorite cocktail party albums. So hang out with us for a bit and see if your list matches ours. And with that, on to the show. Of course, we have the guys here with me. We have Adam Zelensky, we got Freddie Berman, and we got Brendan McGeehan. Hey. Today, um, with the first pick here, uh, Freddie is going to give our uh, his first, uh, or number three, uh, actually, favorite cocktail hour. Is this a real number three for like the fourth album. time in a row? No, not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had a good streak. We had I a good did, streak. I did, but... This one, this list, I'm I'm not sure. It's a toss-up. But this, my, the first pick I'm going to talk about is Frank Sinatra, A Man and His Music. And uh, it's kind of a best of, yet it's not. Uh, it was culled from recordings uh, between 1960 and 1965. It's a double album. Uh, provides a brief re- retrospective of Sinatra's musical career. And the album won 1967 Grammy Award for Album of the Year. And the reason this album reminds me of Cocktail Hour, Happy Hour, is because my dad would play this record and when he came home from work on a Friday and have a cocktail. So right. it set the background for me perfectly for uh, a cocktail album uh, um, three, two, one, whatever. I can't decide. But that's my first pick that I want to talk about. <laughs> now that <laughs> nice. I've rambled nice. enough, next. <laughs> Adam, what is your number three favorite cocktail party album? I, I kind of like that as a count. Three, two, one, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, for for my uh, for my whole um, 
brain thinking for the for the whole cocktail thing was kind of like I for cocktail hours. Sometimes I like to talk to people, and sometimes I kind of like to zone out to the music. So I pick stuff that like is good in the background for me, and also something that I can uh, you know zero in on. And so my first pick was uh, from a uh, very obscure artist named Percy Thrills Thrillington. Uh, <laughs> actually, a pseudonym of Paul McCartney. He, uh, this is uh, this Thrillington album is basically just a music version of the album Ram that he made right after Ram. He didn't play on it. He just uh, kind of co-produced it and released it six years later. And it's actually um, for the people that know Ram. It's actually a pretty uh, it's got some pretty interesting arrangements and it's fun. And it's like it, it'd be, you know, you can sip on a martini or you can like stop talking and, and sip, you can sip on a martini either way. Or you can talk to someone and enjoy it in the background. Or you can be like, oh, what are they doing here with too many people? You can jump into it. So that's why it's a uh, number three for me. Nice, nice. And Mr. McGeehan, uh, what is your number three favorite cocktail party album? Yeah, guys. Well, picture yourself in the 90s and you're attending a party at somebody's flat in London and there's dim lighting and the people are very smart, smarter than, than, than you. And that's how I feel when I put on Portishead's Dummy. And something about this record just like instantly puts me in that mode. And I think it's a good cocktail hour record. It's chill, but it's like exciting and musically stimulating enough, but it also kind of grooves and has like a good underlying backdrop if you want to just put it on, but there's plenty to key in on. And some great, great songs. I mean, Glory Box, you've got Strangers, Sour Times, just there are some amazing hits on the record. So to me, I think it's a great way to start off your evening. Nice. And it makes nice. me feel a lot cooler than I am. <laughs> I hear that. I hear Isn't that. that everyone's goal in life? <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is Aaron, the John Stockton of podcast. And my number three favorite cocktail party album is Bernstein plays Brubeck plays Bernstein um, from 1961, I believe, um, by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. And, um, you know, with also um, Bernstein um, doing some, comp um, you know, conducting. Um, and this album is amazing for me um, in the context of the cocktail party is because it's classy. Um, I feel classy listening to it. Um, you know, if I'm at a little cocktail party, probably, um, you know, I'm in sitting in a corner somewhere. Um, probably I'm drinking, uh, lonely to myself, not talking to anyone. And when I hear this music, I just, I just want to stay in that corner. Man, you love cocktail and, uh, parties, huh? <laughs> yes. And, and then, and, and I hear Paul Desmond just kind of whispering to me throughout the whole night. And what, what better, what better, uh, cocktail party do you want than that? So that's my number three pick. <laughs> Um, Freddie, what is your number two cocktail party album? Yeah, my number two pick right here in the middle is Antonio Carlos Jobim's album Wave uh, from, let's see, 1967. It was a good year. Um, I mean, everything about this album, even the cover, just gives screams, uh, have a martini. Uh, or a caparino, is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I just love the, uh, you know, the Bossa Nova sounds. Probably one of the albums that introduced me uh, to to that vibe, you know. Uh, yes. And sure. uh, it's just great. I still have a copy on vinyl, actually. But I think it yes. lives in a crate at the Dawson for when I was doing DJ night. So I won't see that for a while. But anyway, my number two pick, Antonio Carlos Joe Beam's album, Wave. Nice. Good pick. Thank Love that album. Wave. Adam, what is your number two favorite cocktail party album? All right. My number two goes with the uh, the great Sonny Rollins and Saxophone Colossus. Mainly just put that version of St. Thomas on repeat for an hour. That is like my, that is the definitive. I just, uh, Max Roach just, just kills it on the drums on that. And, and Sonny Rollins is Sonny Rollins. And I don't know, for me, you know, there's many types of jazz, but the most cocktaily jazz to me is that nice 50s bebop. That's just... I just it makes me feel as as Brendan would put it like cooler and classier than than I than I know I am and you know just try to <laughs> that's the white you know I'm in the white tux black black bow tie and I'm you know going with saxophone colossus number two very cool Brendan what is your number two favorite cocktail party album sir so from London I'm going south way south and I'm going for some Ethiopian jazz. And I would like to pick as my number two, Ethiopiques Volume 4. It's a compilation of music by Malatu Estake between the years 1969 and 1974. And this is just some of the most beautiful music I think I've ever heard. And the music to me is evocative of being like bubbly and effervescent, much like a, a nice cocktail would be. So to me... If you can't unwind to listening to this music, I really can't help you. Like the tune, uh, put on the tune to Zeta, which means nostalgia. And just like the sax flourishes, it's just, it's so gorgeous. It's amazing. So that's my number two. Nice. That is a very interesting pick. That I, I had a interesting time listening to that to that, that album specifically. Um, so now it's me. Uh, I'm going to give my number two favorite cocktail party album. And that is The Awakening by the Ahmad Jamal Trio, in, um, released in 1970. And um, yeah, I'm, so I'm going back to my, uh, you know, cocktail setting. And um, again, I, I guess I'm not really that talkative in, that, in those settings. I don't know how to navigate those, those settings. Um, so I just want something where it's like, you know, you can put on and it fits that setting, but I can actually listen to it. And so that's what this album is to me. And um, I love music, um, patterns, um, you know, uh, Wave is on this. Another version of Wave um, is on this album. And for me, this is is one of those records where you can kind of sneak it into your cocktail party playlist. And then you can tune out whoever you're talking to and just listen to the record. You know what I mean? So that's my uh, number two favorite uh, cocktail party album. Take it back to you, Freddie. Better than Small Talk. Yeah. yeah, much better. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah, listening cool. to Ahmad Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when I do that to you guys, you'll know what's happening. In one ear and out the other. <laughs> Freddie, what's your number one My favorite number cocktail one party album? Favorite is an album by Juan Garcia Esquivel, often known as Esquivel. And the album is called Other Worlds, Other Sounds. And uh, 
One thing about this album that I was noticing when I was listening to it earlier this week is that it's it's a little brassy and ostentatious, like in your face in certain moments, which is why I think you have to play it at cocktail hour volume, <laughs> meaning that it shouldn't be too loud in the foreground. It's got to be somewhat in the background. But with that being said, it's a great album. And basically, it's uh, exotica versions of jazz standards, or back in the day, I guess, pop standards. And uh, check it out. I think you'll agree. It kind of screams cocktail. Yeah. I mean, that version of Night and Day, it, it's just, uh, it's nutso, man. Yeah. It's just straight nutso. It's crazy. Um. <laughs> and actually, Adam, what is, there's a ver- yeah, he does a version of St. St. Thomas in there, I think. No, 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 no. Sorry. That's Whether he does or he doesn't, I'm sure no. it's not oh, so. He does, a he, ver- he does a version of Poinciana, the Ahmad ah. Jamal album, which isn't on the Ahmad Jamal album. All right, that's what I yes. got. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what is your number one favorite cocktail party album? Mm, yeah, I... I stepped away from the instrumental and i actually added a vocalist in here at the uh uh the van morrison's well-known album moon dance it's got you know i mean moon dance is kind of they got that cocktaily vibe itself the title track and it's one of those it's saying i i mean i'm i'm a big van the man fan but uh and uh and i I, i'd say maybe this might be my fifth or sixth favorite of his but it's the one everybody knows and saying if you can if you're kind of tired of talking to people or don't want to talk to people at all like aaron you can just go back and hear all the songs of Van that everybody knows. And it, it, it's, uh, I don't even think it's his favorite album, but uh, I don't know. It, I mean, I used the one, I, what is it? Uh, you know, Into the Mystic was like a, for my first dance at the wedding. It's just, it's a nice laid back, classy album to, to drink your face off to at a cocktail hour. Number one. Nice. Drink your face off cocktail party. <laughs> Brendan. Yeah. I think it's called your 20s. <laughs> 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 I don't think those are cocktail uh, parties. I think those are like uh you know those are uh Red Bull and vodka parties, uh, <laughs> find your wings parties. I don't know. And I guess uh, that's a different podcast, yeah. <laughs> Brendan, what is your number one favorite <laughs> and a much different playlist. party album? <laughs> uh all right. So guys, I uh, I really embraced our topic for my number one, and this is just for cocktails with little umbrellas in them. The record I picked for my number one is truly ridiculous. It is by the artist known as Don Tiki. The album is called The Forbidden Sounds of Don Tiki. Love it. And it it's just, it's truly ridiculous. It blends, it's like a fictitious genre. It blends Hawaiian music, like South Pacific, Polynesian music, Caribbean music. Basically, anywhere that people like to vacation in a genre like it's it's inappropriate it's also like appropriation totally but it's music that is practically designed for cocktail hour it's just like it makes you feel exotic as it says in the genre name of exotica it also is very much like lounge music too so you can put on your hawaiian shirt and get your frilly drink and relax put on the forbidden sounds of don tiki that's my number one nice yeah I got some follow-up for you, Brendan, later in the show. I'm, I'm shocked. Um, <laughs> but before that, I'm going to give my number one favorite cocktail party album, and it is Ellis and Tom 
released in 1974. It's a collaboration record between Ellis Regina and Antonio Carlos Chauvin. And on this record is what I think is the, the definitive version of Waters of March, Aguas de Marco. Yeah. And, um, you know, listening to her laugh at the end of that song, it's always the best. I mean, the best. I mean, on this record, there's also Corcovado um, and Por Todo a Min Vida. Um, and plus, they're talking, they're, they're talking, singing in Portuguese, which, come on, like what? If you're trying to be like high class or whatever, and you're like, you know, thinking of yourself and like an better than you are, of course, you're going to be talking in Portuguese. And so that's what they're doing on this record. And uh, it's tremendous songs, everything. And um, at the cocktail party, I am not listening to you at all, <laughs> even though I don't even know the words. Um, so, so if this comes on at a cocktail party, don't even talk. Don't even try to talk to them. I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs> and on that, uh, we're going to take a short break and uh, we'll be back in a few uh, with some more discussion. Hold on. And we are back. And uh, so I want to start the discussion off with uh, my buddy, Brendan. And so I'm looking at his picks um, collectively, you know, uh, Portishead, Dummy, and Mulu, uh, Mulatu Astake. Is that correct? I don't know, but it sounds right to me. Um, with his, with their Ethiopics Volume 4. Mm -hmm. And then also Don Tiki, The Forbidden Sounds of Don Tiki. Um, so when I saw you list all these picks, my first, uh, my, my head went to thinking about what kind of parties are you going to? Are you, are you part of that swinging lifestyle? Is that what, cause that's what the, these picks <laughs> kind of are saying to me. It's like, man, around I, the bush here. I don't know if I can go to a party with you, Brennan. <laughs> well, I will say, so. In all fairness and full disclosure, the Don Tiki, I, I don't know any other episode where I could sneak in a Don Tiki record. So this was the episode <laughs> for that. Sure. So to me, like that music is perfect if you were at like an outdoor pool bar and it's warm out and it's just, it's a thing. Um, the other ones, I've just really kind of been obsessed with uh, Ethiopics lately. It's just one of those records I've been putting on a lot. And I seem to be put it on, putting it on around like, early evening time, you know, like five, 6 PM. So it, it just seemed to lend itself to, um, like I'm still kind of doing stuff, but I kind of want to transition into my evening. So that seemed like a good pick. And then the Portishead, I don't know. I just like, every time I put that record on, I get kind of entranced by it. And it's, um, it like, it doesn't, the record doesn't go that hard. So I just thought it would, I've never put it on for a cocktail party and I don't go to many cocktail parties, but I, I think it would lend itself well. Yeah, um, I agree. But also like, I think the my my mind first went to some Bossa Nova records, but I saw that we kind of had that ground covered already. So I do want to kick it back to you guys on why Bossa Nova is so fitting for cocktails, because my mind definitely went there. I just want to say something before we address that, that I found out about Mulatu 
Astatke a few years ago, and I'm a fan. It's Ethiopian yeah. jazz. That's what it's uh, described as, but it's a whole. It's it's its own thing. Yeah, totally. It's its own thing. Yeah, as music, it felt very cool to listen to and to wander into. But um, taking in context of your other picks, um, really, I, I just, I mean, it's, it just makes me look at you a little differently, Brendan. <laughs> I'll take and, that for all of the meaning it gives. Right on. Uh, yeah. Key party, like, key this, party, key party. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about like your neighborhood. I'm like, you know, he lives in this like neighborhood where it's all like, you know, you know, it's progressive and things are this and that. And there's like people getting together and making and brewing their own beer in there. And they're, you know, putting their flowers in, in, in their beers and what? stuff. And so that's, oh, that okay. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were going somewhere stuff. different. I thought you were taking a different turn with that. I'm sorry. We got no. co-ops, we got hippies, we got artists. Yeah. Come on down this, this side of town, throw your keys, yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw your keys in the bowl. <laughs> yep. And uh, so, but I want to take a, a, a different tact uh, for you, Adam. Uh-huh. And so, when I saw Van Morrison as your number one pick, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, all right, that's Adam." Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, "I had that yeah. same reaction." <laughs> yeah. Well, why did you have that same reaction, Brendan? It's like Adam is our—he's our—he's our guy in many ways, but he is definitely our resident, like, kind of like songwriter americana folky guy and not saying van morrison is that but this is like to me the cocktail version of that in a <laughs> in a in a record so i wasn't surprised wait we got off the topic for a second and i'm sorry i think i helped derail this brendan you had asked a question about why bossa nova why bossa nova and cocktail hour yeah because i was i was totally gonna go there i love jobim i love all that stuff it's so. smooth yeah and and um, the, the the you know the South American Latin vibe, it makes you think warm weather, which makes you think vacation, which makes you think cocktails. Boom! It could be. Granted, I granted I had none of none of my were bossa nova, but I do, I <laughs> but still, I do a little like get Gilberto when I want to chill. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, we have really that covered. And it's also, I mean, th- what, uh, back to Aaron's point from earlier, I love the music a lot, and I don't know. Portuguese, I might know a handful of words, you know, but something about it being in the background, I think when you listen to Bossa Nova, you listen to the vocals as just another melodic instrument because you don't necessarily know what they're saying. And so that really just helps you appreciate the music of it as well. Good point. Um, but also it it lends itself to being in the background because you're not missing words. You're you're hearing it just as almost as an instrumental in in that way. Right. Right. Totally it. But but one of us didn't pick um you know a bossa nova album in our top three and i'd like to go back to that gentleman. oh well yeah come come at me <laughs> and uh say w- why didn't you i don't know you only got three I-, I i don't know well that well that part of that is it goes back to my earlier point about the van morrison thing it's like well, you it, kind of like, seem to just don't see you as like that and like and then when i saw yeah. your picks i'm like oh snap yes and then I see you in the parties that well, I, I've seen some of the parties you go to, and like we go to the same parties. We we have the same exact group of friends. I've known you for like twenty years. <laughs> That's some true. Of the, some of your friends. <laughs> That's true. But it's just like it's just interesting to see. Like it's yeah. just like interesting to see how it reflects. How yeah. like it's a reflection of like who I see you as a person. 
Do you know what I mean? I uh, I I know I see what you mean. I'd say, but what you're doing, you're asking me why I didn't choose Bossa Nova, but you're like, yeah, I know why. <laughs> so, I guess that's because I know you a long time. Yeah. So 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 yeah. On that context, yeah, and also, uh, I, I guess no. I, did I pick? I, did I get my choices in? No, I was. I think I was second. I don't know. I think. I think if we went back way back and dialed back our stress relief, I do. I do bossa nova and Latin for stress relief more than I do, you know, drinking with friends. I think would be more. That's that's the that's the uh, that's that's where I fit that in my you know in my daily or my you know my day to day routine more so than cocktail parties having like the more of the the swanky 50s jazz or or i had to throw thrillington on there just because it's such a like a it's a, a, much like the um you know brendan's number one i i, I had to like when am when else i'm able to throw thrillington on there and it's like i, I mean d- i mean freddie did you even know that album i was, did like, not existed and i can't believe that i was in the dark about that yeah. I, 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 was saying- I saw the song <laughs> listing before I knew who it was, and I was like, "Wait a second, these are all Paul McCartney songs," and I had to look it up. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank Shocking. you, for, thank you for turning me on to that. They're kind of neat, aren't they? I mean, it's it, it, they're actually some kind of they're very Muzaki, of course. But but uh, and 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 uh, saying he didn't even play, he didn't even play on it. He didn't play on it at all. He just kind of produced, and then he. I, I think I, I, I how I got this. I read this book about like McCartney, like the alternative McCartney. And that's how I find, kind of got hip to this, that, and, you know, like the fireman and all that stuff from him. But um, that he like did this like almost like immediately, maybe like the year after Ram and then just sat on it for five, six years. And then he's just I, like, oh, I guess I'll put it out. What what compelled him to do that? I, I am so this record makes no sense to me. And you, Adam, told me about it fairly recently. I had listened to it probably within the last year or two, whenever it came up in some conversation we were having. And you described it the same as you described it on the pod as being Muzak Paul McCartney. And I was like, that sounds terrible. Why would I want to listen to that? And then I listened to it and it was great. <laughs> it was so well, great. You know why it's great, I think? Because I think it is the most Paul McCartney thing ever. Hmm. It just, it's Paul McCartney always walks the fine line of like, schmaltzy malchy and like you know kind of interesting and this one really just goes full bore schmaltzy malty and that's really i mean if you really think that's what paul that's the essence of paul mccartney is schmaltzy malty yeah i mean and this goes all in on that side it kind of right. helps that it was Ram, though, and not like Red Rose Speedway or something, right? It was like oh, it was yeah. just, oh, it was yeah, just yeah. like it was, it was a good album. Best, it was his best album. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it was his good album. If it was, if it wasn't uh, Ram, I, you know, yikes, <laughs> yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, so actually, uh, well, stay with. I'm going to stay with you, Adam, and um, right. talk about uh, Sonny Rollins and Saxophone Colossus. Um, that album, uh, you know. That hits me right in right in the cocktail spot, um, and uh, but I will say I've always never listened to this album because I hate that song Saint Thomas. Oh, and I've always stayed away from Sonny Rollins because of that. Wow, I was like, man, this guy sucks. But I listened to this album, sucks. and it was wonderful. He the can other blow. songs on this he album are wonderful. I would mm. love to go to a cocktail party in this. And this is playing, and I think this really showcases Max Roach really well too as a. You know, he he just he, I don't know I don't know Freddie would have to kind of confirm, but I, I don't I feel like he kind of falls by the wayside in jazz drummers just because he's from way back, way way back. I don't know. Does where, he? 
I don't know, oh, Freddie. Is he the forgotten drummer, Freddie? Uh, I don't know about that. But, I mean, but people, he's not like the first. He, he's not Tony Williams, or you know, he doesn't like, or you know, doesn't come right to the yeah, top. Different era. He, maybe he does. Yeah, maybe it's just you know, I'm a what fifty. I mean, besides Miles, a lot of fifties guys don't really get through. This, I mean, yeah. you know, as we said, it's all from like sixty-five to seventy-three. You know, that's the or they change. They everybody. change what their focus is to with the times, like Miles did. You know, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. And so, Freddie, actually, I want to go to you next and um, talk about your pick, for your Frank Sinatra pick here. And for this, you know, topic, cocktail party albums, um, my first, my head went straight to Frank Sinatra. And uh, my, I actually went to Sinatra and Joe Bean. I went to the Bossa Nova and Sinatra first. Great. And then I saw, again, I saw that everybody had the, you know, the Bossa Nova thing covered. I was like, well, there's other better maybe Bobby's Bossa Nova albums out there, um, but but uh, but Frank Sinatra was definitely where my head went to. And you're you picked a man and his music, right? And I was listening to this on the Spotify playlist, and I was actually really excited to listen to it. And I was listening to it, and I was like, wait a second, he's like talking now. Yeah, Why yeah, is he yeah. Talking all the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Each one storytellers a lot, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of monologue. Yeah, he's talking about his career. Here's the thing: I was initially going to pick Sinatra at the Sands because to me that's like the ultimate cocktail album. I mean, uh, our album. They even do the you know the the thing with the Rat Pack where they're sitting there on stage mixing drinks. However. I already picked that album for the best live record podcast. Remember that, people? It was yeah, a while back. <laughs> I didn't want to pick Check it out if you have it. <laughs> I didn't want to pick the same album twice. So, again, this album and two of the albums that I picked both have like, uh, um, they remind me of, of Days Gone By. In my living room, my dad coming home from work, having a cocktail, putting a Sinatra album. This album in particular, Man and His Music, on the star- on the console, you know what I mean? Mixing himself a drink and listening to the songs or pouring a glass yeah. of wine, whatever. So, yeah, that that's why I, I mean, when he gets in, When he gets into the music, I'm like all in there. Right. I'm like, yes. Oh man, the, the arrangements, yeah. the, the voice, the thing. But it, before he's like, hey, when I think about sitting down and looking at things, I think about you know night and day. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's just like, golly, guy. I yeah. forgot about like, you. Were, I forgot about the monologues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Golly, man, you're cool, but man, keep it to the music, kid. <laughs> um, but I want to actually stay with you, Freddie. For your, uh, with your, what I, what I'm calling your number one pick, other worlds, other sounds, Esquivel, because there's an exclamation point at the end, um, <laughs> so you got to say it like that. Um, this album, so you guys know me, and you guys know, like we were just in the studio, um, what like yesterday, and my tendency is to go for excess, more, turn the volume up more, turn the Turn the dial up more. Turn the thing up more. More, more, more. And this album 
has uh, is past my limit. Of it's over the top. <laughs> it's totally over the this top. Might be the most excessive album I've ever heard oh, in yeah. my entire life. Oh yeah. You know, I was sitting down. I was sitting down to play some. You know, to chill out myself. I had a, I had a cocktail myself, and I was playing some uh, 2K NBA 2K. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get into this. This is going to be nice. Oh, it's going to be relaxing. And that came on. And at first, the, like the first song, uh, was it um, uh, Granada? And I was like, oh, this is nice. Just like, you know, part of that whole vibe with the, yeah, yeah. You know, the Don Tiki thing and all. I'm like, yep. yeah, this uh-huh. is cool. And then all of a sudden, those horns come in. <laughs> and I almost dropped my drink. <laughs> it was nuts. It's a so, little over And what kind of party would you listen to this at? I mean, like. So check this out. He was described. You guys know who Busby Berkeley was? Yeah. He, he, no, he I never heard of him. He put on, he put these crazy Hollywood scenes with like people, dancers coming down staircases and people. Oh, yeah. The Cohen brothers have kind of made tributes to some of his stuff right yeah 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 they were in they were definitely in one of his movies one of his scenes so anyway this guy one of his nicknames is the busby berkeley of cocktail music that's how over the top i mean he's known for being over top over the top so that part of the shtick which is why i suggest if you're listening to it kind of put it on at a sato voso so it has the dynamics of a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah. <laughs> Zero yeah. and ten. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about this one, man. Oh, this one. Oh. Go ahead, Adam. Well, I wanted to, I mean, we haven't really talked much about your picks. And my, and my first query into your picks would be with your number three. Because, I, I mean, I, I like Brubeck. I like Bernstein. But I was wondering why, uh, why not just Brubeck straight up? Good question. Well, because well, there's that's complicated. Um, well, here we go. We have we have a podcast. This is a great time to unload it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why not Brubeck straight up? Not the, not the album straight up. We're just like, yeah, Brubeck. Well, I would I would I would I see your Brubeck and go you uh, a Paul Des and raise you a Paul Desmond. <laughs> so I would go to Paul Desmond actually first. Before just a Dave Brubeck, you go because Paul Desmond I'm listening solo. To Dave, Interesting, yeah, I, and that's actually one of my honorable mentions. Glad to be unhappy, 1965. Paul Desmond, mm. um, that album is awesome. Paul Desmond is awesome. I listen to Dave Brubeck for Paul Desmond, and yeah. not the other way around. Wow. Um, Paul Desmond is a saxophone player for people who don't know, and he is he basically makes um, so that Take Five song. Um, that's Paul Desmond on the saxophone. Um, Dave Brubeck is just a guy like, you know, giving people drinks and stuff. And he wrote it. Which, he wrote which it. He did. Paul Brubeck wrote Take Five. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Wait, Paul Desmond did? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a Desmond tune. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, Dave Brubeck, I mean, he's the guy checking the coats in the back. He's um, the cocktail waiter. <laughs> he's the cocktail waiter. He's the he's um, the host. He's the host getting you to your seat with the most. So so with that being said, for me this album is more like Bernstein plays Desmond plays Bernstein. So uh, that's the answer to your question. Ooh. Why not a Brubeck album directly? Oh, uh-huh. I know you're a Desmond guy. That's that's good. I'm that's, gonna- that's, 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 that- 
That's a good answer from the Chucky Atkins of podcast. That's a good answer. <laughs> hey, speak. I want to say I want to stay with Aaron because to to bounce back the question of what kind of parties do you go to? Aaron's picks are like just so reflective of of your house. Like for everyone who's not been to Aaron's house, who's everybody listening, you live and here's in like his address. <laughs> You live in like a mid-century modern heaven. Like all of these records just fit so perfectly in like in the style of your home. I could just see you just um, sitting back by yourself, like not wanting to talk to anybody, putting on these records and and like like a scene out of Mad Men or something. Yes, I am that guy um, in, in Mad Men. I, I, I actually am in a suit right now and I walk around with a cocktail no matter what. I wake up in the morning, get that cocktail and sit on my red couch. No, or, no. or your half-gallon so coffee cups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's either a half-gallon coffee cup or or my whiskey. Um, but no, it's, it's really it, it, it's um it's my partner who does all like the the you know the you know stuff in the house and making it look really nice and the pictures and all the kind of stuff. And um, so from a connecting standpoint, I do the music part. She does like the whole like visual part, everything. Else. And it comes in and we, we actually do sit, sit in the house and and listen to these records, these records and drink. And we have people over the house. And these are the records that that I play for us. So these really are the cocktail uh, party records that I play in this house that looks like this. So right on. Um, it's totally uh, reflective of me and this house. Um, which is, which is cool. That's, I didn't realize that till I'm saying this now. So well, well right. done me. Um, <laughs> but I want to go to you, Brendan, uh, with your, with your honorable mention picks. Um, so another, uh, I, I, you know, it didn't make my cut, but Henry Mancini was a guy that I was, you know, I'm, I'm all for Henry Mancini. So tell me about that. Um, when it went that, that top honorable mention that you have. Yeah, yeah, that record would fit in well at your house for sure. So, my my one honorable mention is encore more of the concert sound of Henry Mancini because there was there was not enough. And so, I have this on vinyl, and I love this record. And if you want to talk about schmaltz, I mean, they do like they do a Lennon McCartney uh, like medley on this of all strings, and it's about as schmaltzy as it gets. But I got this record. Years ago, I was on tour with a band and we were in Burlington and we had uh, kind of the afternoon. So I went to a record store and found it and it's autographed by Henry Mancini. But it says, um, it says to Gail, all my love, Henry Mancini. And like, I just want to know what the story is. Like, was there a relationship? Did Gail like die and her kids were like, let's get rid of all this crap. And it ended up in this record store or did like... Was there a souring of the relationship with with Mancini and Gail? Was like I don't I can't look at this record anymore. I don't know, but uh, I have the record now. Here's a question: Did uh, the people at the record store know that it was autographed, or was it just something you picked up and and noticed? Honestly, I think I found it in like one of the dollar bin things. Yeah, so they had that they they noticed. had no idea. Yeah, that's crazy because it obviously would have been worth a lot more. I would think. I would think so too. Right? Yeah, I would think. So. But uh, well, yeah, and it's a nice record for what it is. It's it's totally Mancini. Yeah, wow. Mancini is perfect for a cocktail party. Yep. Yeah, I mean, come on, you got the the Pink Panthers thing, and 
Um, what's that? Was that Peter Gunn? Peter that Gunn, yeah. yeah. What's the other one I really like? Oh well, of, of course you have. Uh, uh, was it Breakfast in Tiffany's? What's that song? Moon River, right? Sure. Um, yeah, this guy is this guy's special. Um, but I, yeah, what about your other honorable mention? Um, the Boodles Band. Um, what about what about them? I'm not totally familiar with them. So that's a band i've liked for a long time they're like kind of part of the um like the daptone records family mm, and right. they're like an instrumental band from like queens or long island something like that um and they were actually one of the last pre-pandemic concerts i went to so i put i put on their records like as a, <laughs> a little bit of nostalgia to live music right now but also like their music is for me the right energy of the type of cocktail party where you're like kind of where you're like going to go somewhere after like it kind of gets you moving and grooving a Gosh. little bit but it's still like kind of has um just the right vibe because it's, it's instrumental and there's like brassiness to it it's not like too aggressive but it's like the right amount to kind of like get you energized for your night right right on I definitely see that i could definitely see that and uh, for me that was uh um so the those two picks kind of shine a little different light on you uh from from your top three picks so that's those are those are excellent additions. They redeemed I, redeeming I, value. <laughs> I, it rounds out. I'm not such a weirdo anymore. Yeah, yeah, not such a weirdo. Can I touch Adam, on one Adam, theme? I want to touch on one theme. We 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 talked. I I was kind of realizing it when we were like revealing our picks and touch upon it. Where everyone there seemed to be this resounding theme of like pretending we are classier than we really are. Is that what cocktail parties really speak for yourself? <laughs> Hey, hey man, no, no you're, you're right. <laughs> it's I just yeah, okay totally to pretend. It. Yeah, but I, I guess maybe that just talks about our socioeconomic, you know, like like for for you know for those that don't know us, we don't really uh, we we I I can't remember the last time I had a cocktail party that wasn't like part of a wedding, and also my wedding, you know, the my wedding years with my friends are long gone, so I'm like. I, I honestly cannot remember my last cocktail party. So this there's a lot of hypotheticals going on at the moment. And also it's COVID yeah. era, so there's that too. There's not a lot of cocktail parties going on, period. So yeah, we're 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 acting in a lot of whimsy right now. That's right. Yes. Well, actually I will I will say, um, so um so as I was as I was mentioning my partner earlier, she um she does do cocktail parties. And um you guys know me and I'm not really good on that. Um, I'm like I said, I'm like listening to the music and stuff. So really, I am totally pretending. Like I'll go to these things and, you know, put on something that's clean. You know, shave up a little bit. You know, hold a put my pinky out when I'm holding my little glass, and I'm totally pretending. A hundred percent pretending, and that's also why I put on this music so I can listen to it. There you go. So yep. it all comes together. There you go. I'm with yeah. you, man. I try to I try to be that same person of like, if the music sucks at the party and I'm so not into the party, which is most times, I'll see if I can make my way to find where the music's coming from and put on something. Because like most of the time, people don't care, but you care, and right. like you, you want exactly. the backdrop to be right, you want the vibe to be right. That's I mean, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. And um, so I know we're going to wrap up soon, guys. Um, but I kind of wanted to just kind of give a little little overview of so what kind of what kind of cocktail parties do you actually like? I mean, what do you like? Like a lot of people? Do you like just like small things? Like small. Um, like, do you like to drink till you're passed out? Do you like to not drink at all? 
you know, what what, what kind of what, what do you like, Freddie? What do you what do you like? I prefer more intimate uh, circumstance. Maybe like I don't know, eight, ten people at the most. You know what I mean? And uh, it depends if it's a happy hour, cocktail hour before a dinner. Maybe I'll have a martini and then switch to wine for dinner type of thing. I'm a, do, you, I, do you have I, do you have tails or or what? Do you have uh is it a cummerbund kind of thing or No. I mean, unless it's a wedding or something like that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever worn a cummerbund. I know what it is, but uh it's a funny word, isn't it? Cummerbund. Sure is. But it's um, nothing like a cucumber. It looks nothing like a cucumber. <laughs> or a bun. <laughs> no. Look at that. <laughs> Adam, what, what about you? Talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Uh uh, what kind of parties? Um, you know, I don't know if you remember Aaron back in the in the. It wasn't quite it wasn't quite the fake house, but the the West Philly house days. They the our buddies would have the martini party, and mm. and what it was like maybe fifteen to twenty of us, some some of the old Scranton heads, and uh, everyone would be drinking martinis and 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 what's the, what's the saying with martinis? It's like one isn't enough, two is too many, and three is not nearly enough. <laughs> about it and then we'd be we'd be in the three plus range and i don't think we'd be listening to any of this music though i think we it was always a little little harder edged a little more energetic was, yeah uh, that wasn't my choice no no i know i know you, you, you get, <laughs> there were a lot of I, I will say there were a lot of pinkies in the air um at, i mean uh brendan what, what about you man for me Ideally, it's like a handful of friends and you guys have been to my place. So, you know, like the records for me are like kind of the centerpiece of my house. And I also, I have, I have speakers in just about every room of my house and they're all kind of linked together. So I have the sound from the record play going in my kitchen because everybody always, it always ends up in the kitchen, you know, like any party, it's just always in the kitchen. So like the music from the vinyl ends up in the kitchen. I also have it going to the bathroom. So wherever you are, like the music in my house is the wallpaper. And so for me, like the ideal party is having those friends engaged in the listening experience. I love it. If I'll like ask somebody like, Hey, why don't you pick the next record, put it on. And like, we can kind of like, that's kind of how the night can unfold. So for me, that's like, that's ideal. So oh, wait, follow up question for you. Hold on. Hold on. So at, while you're, while you're at these parties at your house, are you telling people, Hey, Hey, Hey guys, shh. Good part here. I have been that guy. I've been that guy before, and I, I, I. Uh, sometimes I'm proud of it. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell everyone to <laughs> shut up because this part's awesome, and, and hate, hate me now. Thank me later. <laughs> Adam, what do you got? Well, th- that's the one, the one thing I did want to differentiate, kind of in that same vein, is that like being um, all musicians ourselves. Sometimes it's like an all musician party, and then it becomes just like one big listening party. But and then it has one feel, but then there's another feel when you're like one of the only musicians at the party. And then all of a sudden you're like assuming that everyone assumes you're going to be in charge of the music or everyone's like, Oh, you probably won't like this or, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. All and I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or if it's an all musician party, you know, I got, I got to freaking, you know, scope out where the music is, where, if it's my house or whatever. And stand by that thing so nobody comes by. And oh, yeah. We, we have some not-so-shy friends that will just be like, I'm going to put on what I want now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like, because they, they, I know they have some some sort of, you know, opinion about what I'm playing, and I don't care. 
So of course, yeah. And that's the problem with those Amazon devices. Anybody can just shout out a request. And not only do they sound sound like garbage, but yeah, it just means anyone can just totally commandeer the music at any time. So I don't like going to parties like that. That's not my favorite. Parties are over. And on that note, guys, (laughs) thank you for listening to another edition of The List, a right fiction podcast. We'll be back again next week with an excellent topic for you. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Take care.